hope you have a wonderful day. We dedicate this class to our brothers and sisters of the Holy Land, especially those who are on the front line. All the wounded should have a full and complete recovery. May all the hostages be returned safely to their families. With the Nishmas of David Nachman, Nabmoshe, for Shlema, for Perilous Miriam. So we left off the Mishnah, the third chapter in Baba Kama, 31b, on the bottom. So they look at Mishnah, two Jews are walking the street. One is carrying his barrel, and the other one is carrying his beam, and they're, which they're both allowed to do, and they crash into each other. And the barrel broke. They crashed into the beam. Potter. They're both exempt. So they, they both have permission to go. So no one no one was negligent. They both then they crashed into each other. They're both exempt. One damages the other. If they weren't they didn't like, crash into each other, coming from the opposite direction. What if I walking one after the other? First one was the one carrying the beam. <coughs> the one who's carrying the barrel was walking after him. And the barrel crashed into the beam. So the one who's carrying the beam is exempt because he's going walking normally. And the one behind him went too quick and he crashed into his, his barrel, crashed into the beam. But if the one carrying the beam suddenly stops in the middle of the road, and the other one, the one behind him, the one who's carrying the barrel is continuing on his way, we continue in 32a, Chayev. Then the one who stopped, the owner of the beam, is, has to pay for the damages to the barrel because he was negligent. But if he said about but if he shouted out, "Stop! I'm going to stop! Stop! I'm making a short stop, so stop!" He gives him warning. But then, if the other one behind him continues to walk, and he walked right into his beam, and, he, and his uh, barrel, uh, his barrel broke, he's not responsible. The Mishnah continues. What if the first one, the one who was ahead, was the one who was carrying the barrel? And the one who's carrying the beams walking behind him. And he walked his beam straight into the into the barrel. And he broke the barrel. So then the owner of the beams has to pay for the damages to the barrel. Because the one who's carrying the barrel is walking normal. And you just walk too quick and you just ran right into me. But if the barrel, the owner of the barrel stopped suddenly, made a short stop. And the other one behind him was just walking normally, and then he ended up crashing into him as he broke the barrel, Potter, because you were negligent. Why did you stop? But if he gives him warning, he says, Stop, I'm, I'm stopping. And, and then he continued, nevertheless, he continued to go and he, he crashed his beam right into the barrel, and he has to pay for the damages to the barrel. And the same law would apply if Two people were going. One is carrying a candle, the other one is carrying flax, and they bump into each other, and the candle burns the flax. So, so whatever we learned earlier, if they're both going opposite directions, they bump into each other. They're both exempt. 
If the one is ahead, so again, each one has a right to go, but if the one stops and, uh, and the other one cra- crashed into him and therefore this flax lit on fire, then, then the one who stopped is the candle, the owner of the candle is responsible. Okay, the same law would apply. That's the mission. So the if a person hurts his wife when they're being intimate, he hurts her. Is he liable or not? What's the question? He, when he has a right to hurt his wife, not he, when the Meshus Kav, uh, he was doing something that's allowed, he's being intimate with him. And then as a result, she got hurt, but he's exempt. I tell him what perhaps he boy Lily Yun, maybe. Even though he has permission, but he has to make sure that he doesn't, as well as being intimate, maybe he punched by mistake, he hit her, or, or his hand moved and, 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 and hurt her. But he was doing something that's permissible, and then, so therefore he's not held responsible, he wasn't negligent, or no, at all times he's responsible, he has to watch, make sure that he doesn't hurt her. He has to give her pleasure, not her. Amalei, Ravuna answered... Nisu, I'll bring you a proof from our mission. They're both allowed to walk. When they're both allowed to walk and they damage each other unintentionally, they're exempt. So to over here also. Since he's doing he's, he has permission, he has permission to be in with her, and then by mistake he he heard her. By mistake he heard her. So therefore he's not liable. But isn't it a priori? Isn't it a logically compelling argument? If someone kills someone unintentionally in the woods, both the killer and the one, the victim, both have permission to be in the woods, in the forest. And nevertheless, it's as if he went into the other one's private property and he killed him and therefore he has to go into exile. Here, where the owner is going into his wife, he's going into her domain, he's going into her body, into herself. Surely, and he did damage, isn't it? How much more so? Of course it was unintentional. We're not talking about he did, God forbid, anything intentional. But still in all, he should have been careful. And he's, not, he has, he's responsible. He must says, Allah, then how do you explain the Mishnah? That they both have permission to go in the street. And therefore, if they bump into each other, and they cause damage, they're exempt. Is doesn't the Mishnah telling us, teaching us a principle that wherever you have permission to go, you're exempt from damages? Sigimaja explains and makes a distinction. Oh, so over there, the Mishnah, with this one is holding the barrel, this one is holding the beam, Tarbayu, they're both equal. In other words, they both, they both caused this damage. They bumped into each other. And his barrel went right into the beam, into the, into the, to the, I mean, the beam went into the barrel. So since they're both on equal footing, they both crashed into each other, and they both have permission to be there. She can't hold the owner of the beam responsible for the damage to the barrel. 
But Hach over here, someone hurts his wife. It's one way street. He's damaging her. She's not damaging him. Yes, he has permission to be with her. But, but since he did damage, he should be held responsible. He's doing all the action. Here, they're both doing the action. They're both walking and they crashed into each other. And they both have permission to be there. Here, he is doing all the damage. So maybe in our case, the husband should have to pay her for the damages. How could you say that? How could you say that she doesn't have action? She just sits and lies there like a, like, like dead. She plays dead. It says that... Um, that when someone commits adultery, he says both both souls who do the action will be cut off. So we see the pasuk calls the man and the woman who are doing; they're active. They're both active. They're doing sin. They're sinning. They're fornicating. They're both doing action. So she's not just passive; she's also active. So it's the equivalent to the case of our Mishnah. They both are active. They're both bumping into each other, and in this case, he, she got hurt. But they were both interacting and, and they both have permission. So therefore, the Mishnah says in this case, should be exempt. And what answers? No, there's a difference. Yes, it comes to pleasure. They both have pleasure. The act, the interact of intimacy is a mutually pleasurable act. That's why it says the souls who are doing, who are active, interacting with each other. But he is the one who's doing the action. He's taking the action. And therefore, he's the one who does the damage, and therefore, he should be liable for the damage. And that's the law. He is liable for the damage. The only question is, if it's only for the damage, he also has to pay her for the doctor bills, and for the unemployment, and for the pain that he caused her. Definitely not for the shame, the embarrassment. Okay. Learn now, Mishnah... That if they were they weren't they didn't crash into each other coming from two opposite directions. One was going behind the other. So if the one who had the beam was first and the other one came running into him with his barrel, so then he's responsible. And then, then the other the first one is not responsible. The, the owner of the barrel is his fault. Two people have two cows. I mean, two people, each one has a cow. They're both in the street, in the public domain. One is lie down, collapsed in the middle of the street, is lying. And the other one is going, walking. So the law says, What if the one is walking kicked the cow? The cow that's walking kicked the cow that's lying there. He's exempt. Because since you have no permission to lie down the middle of the street, to block traffic, to lie down the middle of the street, so since you did something that's illegal, so therefore the next one who does something illegal to you is exempt. So the, the cow that kicked him even is exempt, they don't have to pay anything. But if the one is lying down, if the one is lying down, kicked, the cow is going, <laughs> it's not bad enough that he's blocking traffic and he's lying there illegally. He goes ahead and kicks the one who's just going about his way. He's allowed to walk there. 
So then you're liable. The owner of that cow has to pay for the damages to the other cow. The mother says, Let's, I'll bring a proof to what Ishlaka said. There's now a mission that says, If the one who's carrying the beam is going ahead, and the one who's carrying the barrel is walking behind him, and the barrel crashed into the beam and broke, but the owner of the beam is exempt. Because he was walking normally, regularly. The one behind him walked too quickly and he crashed right into him, so it's entirely his fault. But if he stops, if he just stops, makes a short stop, and then the, so therefore the other one crashes into him, he didn't have a chance to stop, he just made a short stop, he crashed into him, and he broke his barrel. In that case, the owner of the beam has to pay. Because it was his fault, it was negative. So what's the proof from that Mishnah? Over here from our Mishnah. Over here, lying down, it's like the equivalent, like the cow lying down and kicks the cow that's walking. Because the one who stopped had no right to stop. So therefore, since he has no right to stop, you can't stop in the middle of the street. You can't block traffic, just stop, make a short stop. So therefore, since he did something illegal, so it's like it's like you did something illegal and you kicked and you kicked the the animal that's going. Therefore, you are responsible. You should pay. So we see clearly this is the proof to Rishlakish that if. If you illegally, the, the, the cow lie down, stop the middle of the street, and then he kicks the animal, the, the other animals going regularly, he has to pay for the damages. The other one has to pay for the damages. The mother says, he can't bring a proof from our Mishnah, but his, but, uh, how could you bring a proof from our Mishnah? Asayah baya. Do you need a proof? What Rishlokesh is saying is so logical. It's even the question is, what's Rishlokesh coming to teach me? Obviously, it's Kerem Rishul You're goring. His animal is goring. He's, he's an offshoot of goring. He's kicking just to harm. Doesn't get any pleasure. Just to harm. Of course, he's liable. You're liable for goring and all of his offshoots in the street. Well, why shouldn't you? So why do you have to bring a proof? In addition, not only didn't you bring a proof, from our mission, it's actually a contradiction to what Rishlokesh says. Because time with the bot, the reason why Rishlokesh says that you have to pay if, if he kicks, if the cow is lying down, kicks the cow that's going, walking normally, then then he has to pay. What if he was just lying down and the animal was going and tripped over him? Pater, then the owner of the cow is lying down is exempt. Because he didn't do an act to, to the cow lying down, didn't take, do an act to hurt him. He was just lying there and the other cow tripped on him. We see
that even even that if he just stops and makes a short stop, he didn't do any damage directly. He just made a short stop. And as a result, the one behind him carrying the barrel walked right into his beam. He has to pay, even though it happened automatically. It's not something he did intentionally. So it's the exact opposite of Ishlokish. Ishlokish is saying it's only if the animal is lying on kicks. The other animal, the other cow, then he has to pay. Then the owner has to pay. But if he's just lying down and the other animal trips over him, he doesn't have to pay. And this mission would see him, even if he doesn't do anything, just being there, just stopping and being there and blocking the road, he has to pay for anything that results, all the damage that results. The mother says, no, we can differentiate between our mission and the case of Rishlokish. Masnis in the Paschalurche Kishilda. Mission is talking about that the beam was blocking the whole road. There's no space to, 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 to continue. Therefore, since he had nowhere to go, so of course you're liable, even though it happened by itself. He didn't do anything. You did something. That is considered. You blocked the whole road. There's nowhere else to go. But Hoche here, in the case of the two cows, Rishlokish's case, you go in the river Bukhadgis, the Rav Abuchadgisa, the cow that, that lie down, it's one side of the road. It didn't block the whole road. There's still room to go around. So if we boil this If an animal sees where he's going, an animal's head is, he walks on four. He's only looking down. He sees exactly where he's going. It's in broad daylight. He sees a cow there. He should have just walked right around. And if, if he doesn't, then it's his, his problem. Then the, the owner of the cow will lie down, doesn't have to pay anything. It's only if he goes ahead and kicks him. Then he's liable. But if he just trips over him, the other cow trips over him, then he's not liable. But over here, he left no room. The beam covered, he blocked the road, he blocked the whole road. So there's nowhere to go. So therefore, he crashed into him and therefore he's liable. The rather safe of the Mastis and Silas. The end of the mission is a proof to what Ishlakish says. Tani, we learn at the end of our Mishnah, what if the first one is the one carrying the barrel, and the one who's carrying the beam is behind him, and and uh, the one who's carrying the beam walked right into the barrel and smashed it, so he's liable, because he walked too quickly. If the owner of the, beam, of the barrel stops, makes a short stop suddenly, and he was just going normal, and then because he made a short stop, before he had a chance to stop, he goes right into, and his beam crashes into the barrel, the barrel breaks, then he's exempt. But, so this case, it's similar, it's like the the cow just sat down, lie down in the middle of the street, which he's not allowed to. And he says, since he lied that he stopped illegally, so the, so the one behind him who crashed into him is except you had no right to stop. So this proves the other part of what Ishlakir says. That Ishlakir says that if the cow who's going normally kicks the cow's lying down, since you're lying down illegally, 
So even though I kicked you, you can say it's an offshoot of, of goring. No, since what you did is illegal, so anything I do, I'm totally exempt. Just like over there, since you stopped illegally, you have no right to stop in the middle of the street and block traffic to make a short stop like that. So therefore, if I went ahead and crashed into you, I'm exempt. The mother says, no, don't bring a proof from our mission at the Reish Lakish. The mission is talking about at the one, the one who's behind him, that the one who's behind him who's carrying the beam is going normal. And, and because you made a short stop, so he crashed into the to the to the barrel. So therefore, you can't hold him responsible because he was going nowhere. He didn't do anything abnormal. It's not like it's not analogous to the case of the sluggish sluggish. It's talking about that the animal did something abnormal. He kicked with the intent to harm. So you can't bring a proof from our missioner that he, that he's exempt. It's a big novelty. It's a big innovation. Why should it be exempt? His animal tried to harm. Because you're saying, since the other animal did something illegal, so if you do and follow up with something illegal, you're exempt. You can't prove that from our mission. Our mission, he didn't do anything illegal. The one who's carrying the beam is walking normal. And if he crashed into the other one, it's only because the other one made a short stop. So because he didn't do anything illegal, that's why he's exempt from paying for the damage to the barrel. But you can say, you have permission to step over me. Your cow has permission to step over my cow. You have no permission to kick, to become wild and to kick. So therefore, you should be you should be liable. So that's why it's no proof from our mission. But the Shlokish says that you're exempt. But the law does not follow the Shlokish. That you have permission to step over, but you don't have permission to kick. Text Mishnah. Two people are walking in the in the public in the street. one is running, one is going, walking normally. they're both running with and they did damage to each other. They're both exempt because since they both have permission, you have permission to walk, you have permission to run in the street. So therefore, they're both exempt. That's the mission. So I think about him as this, like he said, Yehuda, our Mishnah doesn't agree with the opinion of Ben Yehuda. The Tanguyen replies, Yisim Yehuda, if you run, you are liable. Because you don't have permission to run in the public. There's other people, you have to be careful. It's not a racing track. So any damage that's caused because of you running, you're liable. You both have permission to walk, but not to run. But even Isi agrees. Better Shabbos be Nashmashes. If it's Eder Shabbos, right before Shabbos, so everyone is rushing home. You have to rush home to make sure you get on time. You get home and you get on home in time. Here you have permission. It's a mitzvah to run. The law follows Isi Ben Yehuda. You're not allowed to run in the public, and any damage that you cause, except the exception of it's Eder Shabbos, you are liable. And that's the halacha. Like Isi ben Yehud. They're both running, even if one is running, the other one is walking. And they, they bump into each other, and they hurt, hurt each other, both things. 
That's a stam mishnas. But it's not mishnas. Better shavu vinash moshes. A mishnas talking about the case even when Yisab ben Yehuda says you're allowed. And shavu vinash moshes when you're allowed to run. We wonder why. How do we know this? Because the dikton, since it says in the mishnas, name rotsim to the masulamali. Why does the mishnas have to tell us that they're both running their exam? Hash, if you tell me in the, in the beginning of the mission, even if one is walking normally and the other one is running, and the one who's running hits the one who's, who's bumps into the one who's walking and they get, he gets hurt, he's exempt. Both are running, surely they're exempt. Really, this is what the mission Surely, this is what the mission means. If one is running and one is going by and one is walking normal potter, but Medvon, when is this? Better Shabbos being a Shmashas. Only in this specific time, it's right before Shabbos. During the week, then Then if one is walking normal, the one who is running, is running without permission in the middle of the street, he's high any damage that he causes, he's liable. But that even Shneim Nats and Afil Bechel, they're both running, they're both doing something that's wrong, they're both running and they bump into each other, hurt each other, then they're exempt. This is, this is talking about even during the week. Okay. Who gives you permission to run like a chicken without a head in the street, in the public, before Shabbos? It's Let's go to greet the king, the queen. Shabbos, the queen. So Shabbos is the time to go out. As if you're greeting the king. How many others say? That you say, Shabbos, Kala, Malkasa. One version of the Kras Kala Malkaza, the other one is the Kras Shabbos Kala Malkaza. The first version is Shabbos Malkaza, because, I mean, I'm sorry, Kala Malkaza, because you go out to greet the bride, and you go out to greet the king, the queen, no, Malkaza, the king. But here, here he's adding, the other version is Shabbos Kala Malkaza, because there's three aspects to Shabbos. One is Shabbos, it's rest, you don't work. Kala, you get dressed up. You go to a wedding, you get all dressed up. Shabbos, you get dressed up. And Malkasa, you have to enjoy Shabbos. You have to be pleasurable. It has to be a royal feast. So you have all three aspects of Shabbos, which is hinted, actually, the Maral says in the word Shabbos itself. Shabbos is Shavisa. And Shabbos is... Is, is Begadim, nice clothes. And the tough is tiny pleasure. The mother says, Rabbi Yana, Miss Atif used to get dressed in beautiful clothes, because and he would stand. Why said, Boy, Kala, Boy, Kala. Come the bride, come the bride. Abba would go out, like to greet the Kala. Like in some community, the Chasm goes before the Chuppah walks, steps out to welcome the Kala. So you go out. The Rizal says, You should go out in the field. And that's when the Rishleim al Kabbitz made the hymn and Tzvas, L'chadoidi, L'kraskala. You go out to the field, you go out. Some say you also you go out because you want to accept Shabbos even before Shabbos begins. You want to add the Shabbos. Rabbi Yane, however, was already in Shabbos. And he that's why he would stand in this place and the Kala would come to him. He says, Boye Kala, come, Boye Kala. So the Shabbos is like the Kala and the Queen.
It's like there's a mitzvah to go out and to greet the Shabbos. So there's a mitzvah to run, to run, to prepare everything that you need for Shabbos. So therefore, if he does any damage, he's exempt to pay, from paying anything. That's our custom. At the end of Chadidi, everyone's standing up and we turn around to face the doors if we're welcoming Bayi welcoming the next mission uh, if someone is chopping wood in the public then a piece of wood went flying and flew into someone's private property and they hurt, hurt him and did damage Or the metal flew off. The metal, uh, the axe flew off and flew into someone else's property and uh, did damage. Or he was chopping wood in his own private property. And then he, he, a piece of wood went flying into the street and hit someone. Or the uh, the axe went flying the metal piece. Or he was chopping wood in his private domain. And the piece of wood or the axe when flying into someone else's private property, his neighbor. All these cases, the one who's uh, chopping is liable for all the damage. That's the mission. Why does he have to teach me these three scenarios? He's in the public, and the, the damage is in private, or he's chopping in the private, the damage is private, and the damage is done in the public, or the damage is done in another one's, someone else's private property. Because Eton, if we just teach me, if I care, we should say, Yochid, we should say, Abim, I would say, Mishum, the Shrikhid Abim. Because he was negligent, since there are a lot of people in the streets, he has to be extra careful. So here he's chopping and then wood is flying. So therefore he's negligent, therefore he has to pay. Avom, Shusar Abim. It's just the opposite. If he's chopping in his own place, in his own private property, and the wood goes flying into the public, which is a lot of people there, so therefore you can expect he's going to hurt some. So he should have been extra careful. So he's negligent, so therefore he's liable. If he's chopping in the, in, the, in the public and a piece of wood goes flying into the private property, there aren't that many people there. So maybe I would say that he wasn't being negligent. He doesn't have to anticipate he's going to go flying to someone. He's going to the private property. There's no one there. So he's not so negligent. So maybe then he should be exempt. So the mission has to say that even then he's, he's liable. There I will explain to you the reason why he's liable because chopping wood in the public, where it could also go flying in the public for the same, for the same price. So therefore, since you were negligent, you had no right to chop wood, so therefore it ended up flying in a, in a private domain, even though you can say, hey, I didn't expect anyone to be there, it's the middle of the day, everyone was working, nobody home. But if it hurts someone, then he's liable. Because he had no permission to chop in the first place. If he's chopping in his private domain, and he's nowhere near a street, and it's going to go to a neighbor. He can say, listen, I'm doing, I have permission to chop wood. It's in my private property. And even if it goes flying to the neighbor, there's, there's not a lot of people there. What are the chances it's going to hit anyone? 
So I would think in that case, even if it does, and it does that causes damage, it should be exempt. Same Allah, you should be exempt. So that's why the mission is to teach me, no, even in this case, it's liable. If we teach that if you chop in a private domain and you the wood goes flying to public domain, and in the private the private public domain that goes flying to public domain, I would say only in these two cases you're liable. Why? Because in the case where, even though he was trapping in his own private property, which he had permission to, but since it went flying to the public, which he can expect a lot of people there, surely he's going to likely to hurt someone. Therefore, he was negligent. Therefore, he's liable to pay for all the damage. In that case, well, in the other case, if he's trapping in the public domain and he ends up doing damage in a private domain, there, the reason why, yes, the reason why, the reason why he's liable, he had no permission, could have easily just gone and hurt someone who's in the street, in the public, which is packed with people. So since he, since he had no permission to do it, he was negligent. So if it ended up going in a private domain, and even though unexpectedly a person was there and the piece of wood went flying and hurt someone, he's, that's why he's liable. And both advantages. First, he has a permission to chop in his own place, so it's his own private property. And even if it's going to go flying to his neighbor, what are the chances he's going to hit someone? There's not a lot of people there, just his neighbor. Say, Malay, I would think he doesn't have to pay. The rabbis learned, if someone goes into the store of a carpenter, without permission, and a piece of wood flew with tough upon the maze. He had no permission to go into the store. So the carpenter was working with wood, and a piece of wood flew and, f- and f- flew into this person's face, the one who was trespassing, and he died. Maze part, uh, the carpenter is exempt from exile. Doesn't have to go into exile. It's like an accident. If he had permission to go, and he was a customer. And then while he was working, a piece of wood went flying. The carpenter was working, and a piece of wood went flying into his face. And he killed him. Then it's negligence. Yes, he weren't, it's not murder. He didn't intend to murder him, but it's negligence. And you have to go into exile. What do you mean when you say What it means is... Mikhayev means he has to pay the four payments. He has to pay for the damage, he has to pay for the pain, he has to pay for the medical bills, and he has to pay for the unemployment. Not for the shame, because it was unintentional. But, uh, but he's exempt, but he doesn't have to go into exile. Even though he had permission, the person had permission to be there, he was a customer, nevertheless, he doesn't go into exile. You can't compare this case the Torah uses the example. When do you go into exile if two people are in a forest together and he chops wood and the piece of wood went flying and he killed him? Why? Because that's a public area. It belongs to both of them equally. But at the end of the day, in our case, in the case of the carpenter, he came into my store. He came into my property. 
So you can't hold him responsible. It's not similar. So therefore, if I kill, if he kills him unintentionally, he doesn't go into exile. Chayev means he only has to pay. That's what uh, Rabbi Yisrael Rabchanina says. Um, Rabbi Yisrael asks, and Rabbi Yisrael Rabchanina, isn't it logically compelling? We have a priori argument to say that he should go into exile. If the Torah says in the case of the forest, two people are in a forest, which everyone, they went without permission. In other words, I didn't know that someone else is there. I didn't, he didn't need my permission. I went on my own accord, and the other one went to the forest on his own accord. He didn't have to ask me permission to come to the forest. I didn't even know you're there. So it's like totally unexpected. And nevertheless, the Tater says, Nas, the commission is Ladas. It's as if, as if you came into the forest with my knowledge. Therefore, if I kill, if one kills the other, he has to go into exile, needs an atonement. I gave you permission to come into my house, into my store. You're my customer. Like, close again. That if, if you, I end up killing you, that surely he has to go into exile. Rather, Rabbi says, you know what Rabbi Yisrael means? My potter Megalus, what does he mean? What does he mean is exempt from Golas? That he's saying, not exempt from Golas, exempt from exile. Really, for sure you should go into exile. How much more so? In the case of, of two people who are in the woods, in the forest, and they're chopping wood and one hits the other. Torah says you should go into Golas. Here, where I invited you into my house. I invited you into my store. It's my customer. And then I kill you. Surely you should go into Golas. Why then are you exempt from Golas? It means it's because what you did is too bad that Golas cannot atone for. Golas, exile is an atonement. Being sent to the cities of refuge is an atonement for your soul, atonement for your deed. But if your deed is so egregious, an atonement won't help. So in this case, it's worse than the case of the two people in the forest. And therefore, Golas is not good enough. It's not, it's not good enough of an atonement. Why? This is, this is close to intentional. You, you invited someone to your house, you invited someone to your store, you know you have customers there, and then you're, you're working wood, and wood is flying all over the place. This is, this is borderline intentional. This is borderline manslaughter. So I can't put you to death because it wasn't intentional. But on the other hand, you don't get away scot-free. You can't get away with just going into exile. No, no. That won't shield you. That won't protect you. So you're vulnerable. The family can take you out and the cities of refuge will not protect you because you're at fault here. Masa Vidabba has... And this law of Rabbi Hanin, that if it's close to intentional, it's more than just unintentional, it's a borderline intentional. Therefore, it's more than just a regular negligence. It's, it's, it's almost intentional. Therefore, you don't go into exile in such a case. Exile can't atone for you, can't protect you, shield you. So how do you explain... It says that when the person, when the Bezdin would give a person lashes, if a person sin, and he gets lashes, so the court would estimate, evaluate how many lashes he can take without killing him. 
And what if the agent of the court hit him, added the two achas, hit him with one extra beyond the amount that they evaluated him, they medically evaluated him, how much he can take, and he, 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 he went overboard, he, went, he gave him more, and then mace, and because of that, the, he died. The one who's getting the, the lashes died. So then he does that. He has to go into exile. He caused him to die unintentionally. Why? This case, it's almost close to intentional. We evaluated. We told you, don't hit one extra hit. He can only take, let's say, 13. And you went ahead and you, and you, and you hit him uh, an extra one. So it's, it's close to, to intentional. You weren't counting. You know his life is hanging. It's a, you, know, you know his life is hanging on the, on the line. And this is close to intentional. So how, why does he go into exile? Why should exile help? Because he should have anticipated. That's why we did a careful evaluation. So this contradicts the law of Rabbi Yisib, Rabbi Hanina, who says that if the person comes into the store, the carpenter, a piece of wood goes flying and hits his customer, he doesn't go into exile because it's close to intentional. The Mishnah over there is not talking about that he, he, he added the, the, the court gave him the maximum amount he can receive and he added no lashes he was counting but he miscounted three types of people those know how to count and those are done so he was counting he thought that he's still counting he's still within the the amount that the court uh, the court uh, told him to and he made a mistake in his counting Therefore, this is un- clearly unintentional. It turns out someone else was counting and said, no, you made a mistake and you count. Okay, that's really clearly unintentional. So surely, of course, exile helps. hit with his sandal. On his sandal. Is he the one who counts? The one who does lashes, gives, doles out the lashes? He's the one who's doing the counting? The leader amongst the, the judges, he's the one who reads the verse in the Torah that says that Hashem will bring lashes on you. And the second judge, the second judge is the one who counts. He pays careful attention and he counts. And Hashlishi and the third judge says, "Hakeyo hit." So the Shliach Bezdin, the one, he doesn't count himself. The one who's giving the lashes, he doesn't count himself. So how is that possible? He he mistook the count. He doesn't do the counting. We don't rely on him. The 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 judges are counting, and they do carefully every count. They say hit. So you can't make a mistake in the count. So surely it means that he overhit. They told him to hit the amount, and then he continued to hit on his own. So therefore, it's close to intentional. Nevertheless, it says he goes into exile. Rav Simon says, you're talking about the judges made a mistake. 
Not he didn't know how to count. And they have to go into exile because they, they, they miscounted and they got an extra lash that, 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 that killed him. So it was unintentional. So the one who hit him, of course, the one who hit him, he goes into exile. But it's completely unintentional. He was relying on the judge. He didn't know that the judge, the judge didn't know how to count. He made a mistake in the counting. But nevertheless, you killed someone. You gave him an extra lashes. So therefore, you have to go into exile. You could say it's an accident. I'm listening to the rabbi. No, don't listen to the rabbi. You're hitting a Jew. You should have also counted yourself. Just because the rabbi is telling you and is counting for you, you should also count and calculate. And therefore, you should have said, wait a minute, I think I really, I think we reached the quarter already. We're going beyond. So therefore, he's not totally, totally uh, innocent here. So therefore, he has to go into exile. What is this? But I'll ask you, we learned in tract, it's If a person throws a stone into the street, and he killed someone who was unintentional. He wasn't planning to kill anyone. He just threw a stone. And that ended up killing someone. That is a good. The one who threw it goes into exile. Here, it's an, it's an unintentional, but it's close to intentional. What, what are you throwing a rock in the middle of the street? It's, it's busy. People are going. It's very likely you're going to hit someone in the head. Throwing a stone, the first murder in history happened with a stone. Cain killed Abel. Cain killed Abel with a stone. So throwing a stone is not innocent. You know, when these Arabs throw stones, you shoot them because it's a murder weapon. A stone is a murder weapon. So he's throwing a stone in the middle of the street. People are going. Of course, you can hit someone in the head and you're going to cause a brain injury and you're going to kill them. So yes, he didn't intend to kill anyone, but nevertheless, it's close, close to intentional. And nevertheless, he says that you can go into exile. And exile could be an atonement for him. It could be a shield of protection, the cities of refuge. Why? According to Rabbi Yisrael, Rabbi Hanin, it shouldn't. There are people in the street, Uktani, and the Mishnah says that he's a goyless. He might answer says he was talking about He was breaking his wall between his courtyard, between his courtyard and and the public domain. And while he was taking down the wall, one of the stones. One of the stones fell on someone who was walking down the street. So he, he wasn't intentional. He wasn't like throwing a stone to its own. He was taking down the wall. And it was uh, negligent because he wasn't careful enough. And then a stone fell. He thought he's being careful. He's taking down the wall. He's demolishing the wall. Maybe he's renovating whatever he's doing. But first he has to demolish the wall. And he was negligent and the stone fell and hurt someone. Wait a minute, even in this case, it's, 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 it's more like intention. He has to be careful before he breaks the wall and make sure that there's no one around and to keep people away to protect them. You can't say, well, I'm, I'm building and I'm demolishing and therefore, no, it's close to intentional, so you shouldn't go into exile. Exile should not be an atonement or a shield for you. I think my answer is, the mission is talking about little middle of the night. There's no one in the streets. There's no artificial lights then. So people were home at night and they went to sleep and they woke up. With, they live with the sun and they woke up with the sun. The sun set, they were home. The sun rises, they're up. 
So he didn't expect anyone to be there. So this is completely unintentional. But nevertheless, he can't say it's an accident. Still, no, you should have been extra careful. So you have to go into exit. Still in all, even at night, there are people, okay? You don't get a lot of people, but there are people walking at night. So you should have anticipated. So it's close to intentional. But rather, he's not breaking the wall. It's not His courtyard is not bordering the streets, the public. It's bordering a garbage dump. Sometimes people go there to, re- to relieve themselves. But it's a, it's a garbage dump. It's not a place, a thoroughfare. So therefore, he, he wasn't negligent. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't uh, close to uh, intentional. He thought there's nobody here. It's the middle of nowhere. So it's at the edge of the city. It's by 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 the by the, the garbage dump. But nevertheless, he's not totally an accidental because once in a while you do have a people there. That's where you go and take them. Take them at Let's clarify this. This ashba. This is a garbage dump. What are we talking about? If a lot of people are there, Mezid, then, then, then it's, it's close to Mezid. And Mezid. And if not, if nobody goes there, it's, honest, it's completely accidental. He didn't expect anyone to be there. We don't, we don't need this. Only in a case. Hello. People sometimes use it to relieve themselves. Balayla. And not during the day. But sometimes it happens that a person does sit there and relieves himself even during the day. So therefore, you can't call because most people don't relieve themselves in the middle of the day. You can't say it's totally accidental. It does happen that some, occasionally someone does come to relieve himself. So therefore, it's right in the middle, and therefore he does go, and he needs an atonement, and the atonement helps, and the cities of refuge are a shield to him. Rabbi Yisrael Hanin is correct. In a case where it's where it's close to intentional, you invite someone to your store, a customer, and then you, and then the car, carpenter is working on the wood. The wood goes flying. In that case, the cities of refuge cannot shield you. It's close to intention. The mother says another explanation. Rabbi Yisroel Rav Chanina, when he says Potter, he's examined. Rabbi Papa Shmuel Rav Masnadish. Rabbi Yisroel Chanina is going in the beginning of the price. It says Anich and the Chanina from Nagash Leibershus. If someone enters the carpenter's store without permission. And he's live back because with Avchile, upon of a mace pot that the carpenter's examined if the wood goes flying and he, he hits him in the face and he dies. So Rabbi Yisrael Rabbi Yisrael Bachanin, that Chayev If he gets damaged, if he just hurt him, and he has to pay, he has to pay the four things. A person is always liable for all the damage that you cause. But if he dies, But if he dies, he hits him in the face and the eyes, he's exempt from goals. Because that is unanticipated, didn't expect. But for damages, you're responsible for everything. Exception of shame, since it was unintentional. Isn't it an accident? Because Ash says he knew there was someone there. Someone came into his, into his store without permission. If he didn't know that no one was there and someone is in his house, then of course he wouldn't have to pay for anything. It's a total accident. But here he saw someone there. But he thinks to himself, you have no permission, you're trespassing. So he wasn't careful, so he's liable for all the damage. 
Man, the Masla Seif, the one who learns Rabbi Yis, the end of the Brayse, Rabbi Yis, Rabbi Yis is talking about the end of the Brayse, that even in the case where he gave, he, have, he gave him permission to enter. Nevertheless, he doesn't go into exile. He's exempt from exile. Kolchkin, how much more so at Asia, where he had no permission to walk in and he dies. Of course, he doesn't go into exile. But that Papa says, in the name of Rav, that the Rav is going on the Asia. On the first case, I will have a safer. If he gives him permission to go in, and his customer, and then he hits him in the face and he kills him, he does go into exile. Okay, even the Shus Chayev Golos. It's negligent. Can't say he's exempt. You gave him permission to come in. And we don't say, how could you say he's Chayev Golos? According to this version, even though it seems more intentional than negligence, nevertheless, it's still, it's still since he killed him unintentionally, and the same thing would be with the wall. When he knocks the wall down, even though he's bordering, his wall is bordering the street and people are going through, but since he didn't intend to kill anyone, therefore, or if he throws a stone into the street, even during the day, since he didn't intend to kill anyone, so it's, like an, it's, an, it's not an accident, but it's unintentional, therefore he goes into exile. Like the mother has, well, wait a minute. How could you say he goes into exile? We learned the price. We have goals with Tanya. You enter into the store of the carp of of of, uh, of the uh, the ironsmith. The nitz and the tzutz tipchale apana and sparks went out and hit him in the face and he died. But even if he entered with permission, so we see clearly like the first version. That you're exempt from Golas. You don't go into exile. So why in the case of the carpenters is it different? You want to answer Zachar Meskin? We're talking about Bashuli the The Bryce is talking about that it was the student, his apprentice. The apprentice came into the to the to the Smith. So therefore he's exempt from exile. But in the regular case, of course he would have to go into exile. Why? Just because he's an apprentice means you're allowed to kill him? <laughs> Why shouldn't you go into exile? If a stranger walks in and you kill him, you have to go into exile, you're saying. But if it's your own apprentice, what, what, he has to die just because he's a student. It's when this master is like insisting that he leaves the house and he's not leaving. So if he doesn't leave, he told him to leave. I have work to do and I don't want you around. It's too dangerous, too risky. And he didn't listen. Therefore, he's exempt. Therefore, if he doesn't listen, he's overstaying his welcome. So it means you have an entitled to kill him. And if you kill him, why shouldn't he go into exile? Why shouldn't his master go into exile? Because he thought that he listened to him. He thought that he left. So therefore, it's like, a, it's like an accident. I had no idea. I told you to leave. You're my apprentice. I'm your master. You listen to what I tell you. I didn't expect otherwise. Then it turns out you never listened. I wasn't careful about the fire coming out and, and hitting you. I didn't know you are there. So therefore, you're exempt from exile. If that's the case, why only an apprentice? Someone else also. 
Someone who's in the store, you ask him to leave on your workshop and you ask him to leave and you thought he left and then it turns out he didn't and the fire went and hit him, he should also be exempt. But answers, because so a stranger, he doesn't have the fear of his masters. He told him to leave. You can't expect him because he told me to leave. You think I'm going to leave? But hi, the student, the apprentice, Islam Sidrabi, he's afraid of his master. So surely the master thought that he left, that his apprentice left. Therefore, it was completely an accident, and therefore he's exempt from exile. Everyone have a wonderful day.